Welcome to the City Collective Church Podcast. We believe we are better together and exist to create space for everyone to discover life in Jesus. We hope that in today's message, you encounter the heart of God and are challenged and inspired in your relationship with Christ. Well, good morning, City Collective. Uh, I hope that you are doing well wherever you are and that that baptism video, those those declarations of faith that we were just able to, to witness and to, to share in our encouragements to you this morning. I know one of the biggest challenges of this season has been isolation, separation, not being in community, but know this, that God is still at work, that God is still on the move, that God is speaking and he's shaping hearts all across our church family and beyond. And so to Andrew, to Gabrielle, we love you. We are celebrating to you. Thank you, uh, celebrating you. Thank you that you were willing to take that step to share your story to be a people that say that Jesus is the center of my life and I want to see where he's going to take me. I'm going to follow his lead and I'm going to pursue the desires and the callings that he has for his life. So City Collective, in in the comments, I hope that you're going wild right now for them. There is a celebration happening in this this digital space that we can just look forward to when we look for all the ways that God is moving in our community. So show them some love in the comments. And if you are joining us for the first time here at City Collective, thanks for being with us. It's a fun Sunday. We got to have some live worship, first time in a long time, in the in the gym with, uh, with the team, in my own corner, all by myself, maxed up and worshiping my heart out. Um, it was just so good to be able to do that with our Horizon friends and family. Uh, we are gifted as a church to have relationships like we do with Pastor Craig and Pastor Shanda and the whole Horizon team who've been a big part of making this service happen this morning. So show them some love in the comments. We love our, our friends at Horizon Church. Now, uh, baptism is this amazing declaration of what we are in the middle of uh, in this season. Last Sunday was Easter Sunday, where we got to look and celebrate and reflect and remember the death and the resurrection of Jesus and what that means for our stories. And just like baptism is, when you get put in that water, that which is dead stays dead and we are brought into newness of life. But the question that we're led into this, the next 40 days is what is called in the church calendar Eastertide. What, What are we led into? What are we invited into as a church? This is what I wholeheartedly believe is that the newness of life that we discover with Jesus does not simply end on a on a day like Easter. It's not it's not the Super Bowl all on its own. It's the beginning of the journey. It's the it's the start of something new. So for you this morning, I want you to be asking yourself, what is Jesus sparking that is new in me? I think this is something we should be asking all the time, but more than ever, as we reflect upon resurrection, newness, what is Jesus sparking that is new in me? I think in many ways in this season, we want to go back to what was, but we're believing as a church. I'm believing for you as your pastor. I'm believing for us as a church family that there is newness on the horizon. We don't know exactly what that means, but we have a God who is good and that our expectation is not just an instantaneous reaction to a, a feel-good moment, but our expectation is placed upon the goodness of God in the land of the living, that our expectation is 
is the byproduct of who God is. And God is good. God is faithful. God is true to his word. And God is love. So let that be the foundation for your expectation when you ask the question, what does Jesus have for me that is new in this next season? We're going to dive into that this morning. So I'm really looking forward to what we're going to be talking about uh, there's the 40 days of Easter tithe and the Spirit comes upon the disciples. And I believe for us as a church, as we step into this next season, I'm curious about what the Spirit means for us. What it does within us, what it shapes around us and how it can move us forward. So we're going to be diving into what that kind of means as we lean into the season to come. So if you could jump with me, we're going to go to 2 Timothy chapter 1 verses, one, uh, verses 3 to 7. And I'm just going to read it out loud for us to follow along. You can follow along on the screen, and it says this. I thank God, whom I serve with a pure conscience as my forefathers did, as without ceasing I remember you in my prayers night and day. This is Paul writing to Timothy. Greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded is in you also. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. It's in you. Now, just to add a partner to our passage, we're going to turn to Genesis 2, verse 7, and I'm going to be reading out of Eugene Peterson's message translation. It says this. It says, God formed man out of dirt from the ground and blew into his nostrils the breath of life. The man came alive, a living soul. Would you pray with me this morning? So, Father, we just give you thanks that your presence is with us. That here on this digital space, we can sense that you are already shaping and moving our hearts. Thank you that you care so deeply about every step of our journey. But right here, right now, where we're at, that is more than enough for you to meet us. I just pray right now your spirit would be stirring within us as we reflect upon these passages, as we think upon what it means for us in our relationship with with you and how that moves us forward in our stories every single day. I just pray we have open eyes, open hearts, open spirits to what you are doing in the midst of our church community, in our families, in our cities. We believe that you are good and you care so deeply. And so we put our faith and our trust in you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Now. Uh, this morning, I'm going to be sharing something that I believe resonates deep within me. Uh, number one, helping people to discover Jesus. Number two, joining with people in Christ-centered community. And number three, helping people discover their God-given gifts and seeing that flourish. I, I, I think that this passage that we're going to be looking at is something that's going to speak to you this morning. Because I'm totally convinced that the revelation of the resurrection that we celebrated on Easter, when we get that resurrected life within us, what God has put in you starts to come really to, to the surface, starts to stir within us. And if God can open your eyes to what it is that's in you, then the trajectory of your life can really shift and your life can begin to change. The revelation of your identity in Christ, of your capacity in Christ, of your future in Christ, informs and influences your life on a powerful tra- trajectory. So I hope you can sense it from me right now. I'm feeling a little fired up. Maybe it's just because I got to worship in person, but I got some energy this morning that I'm excited to lean into. Um, 
Now, as we, as we continue, I want to pause real quick for some station identification. And uh, just at home, you can throw up your hands if you like. You can throw up a, a digital hand on, in the comments. But if you could let me know if you were raised in church. I imagine there are some people in the audience that were raised in church. I know I was one of them. And I, I, I do this not to create separation, but to have some empathy because if you were raised in church, we've got some issues. We went through some things as people who were raised in church in those different environments that are not so typical. I know for myself growing up that when you were coming to Sunday morning, there was no question what was going on on Sunday morning. It was not a democracy in our household. It might have been a slight dictatorship about where you were going, what you were doing, how you were spending your Sunday morning, you were waking up, didn't matter how tired I was, didn't matter how late I stayed up, even if it was, it wasn't even my fault, it was often my fault while how late I was staying, but you were going to church on Sunday morning, and there were some odd things that you have as, as church kids sometimes. I, I know I had a friend that every time he came to the dinner table, if he wanted to get food on his plate, his mother required that he provide a scripture verse. This was a holy woman. She knew her word. She was willing to lean into it, and she wanted to make sure the word was inside of her son. And yet every single time, there was an expectation of a scripture being provided. And let's just say, when you are hungry, sometimes it's, it's just hunger, but often it is hanger. So if he came to that table a little hangry, let's be honest, it was Jesus wept, give me that chicken, let's get to dinner. Uh, it would always be that way to a certain degree. And so there are trials and tribulations and situations that you go through as a church kid that kids, other kids might not be aware of. And I want to flip that question that she kind of asked him, what's your what is one of the scripture verse so you can get some food? What's your favorite scripture verse? I want to go to the other side of it. What is your least favorite scripture verse this morning? Is, is there one that kind of pops to mind? Because I, I know one of mine, and it's one that we read, and it said, God created man from the dirt of the earth. Now let that sit and bless you for a, for a moment. Because if you've ever been tempted to be saved and stuck up or to be anointed and arrogant, let me encourage you that Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, because the Bible is clear, you did not come from celestial amazing substance. No, no, you and I, we came from nothing but dirt. And I think it's interesting that every single person watching, regardless of culture, your social, social status, of how much cash you got in the bank, or how good you think you look, you and I, every single person, we came from nothing but dirt. We're all a little bit of a dirt bag. It's just the way it is. I'm just keeping it biblical. Because we came from dirt. And it's funny, all the things that we do for that dirt. Come on, somebody. You, you woke up this morning and you brushed that dirt. Uh, hopefully you woke up and you put deodorant on that dirt. Maybe you didn't because you're still in bed. Um, that's okay. But the money you spend on dirt, dirt is manicured, dirt is pedicured, dirt is lifted, injected. Millions of dollars are spent every year on dirt surgery. There are people in this room, probably, there are other people in this room, no pointing fingers, who can pull out their phone and they'll take 75 pictures of themselves with that selfie. And let's be honest, we know it's not the first photo that you choose because you got to get the right angle for your dirt. We all have that in common. Now, uh, I, want, I want to show you this this morning. You can take a quick peek. 
this side, this side, all over the place. Uh, this right here is dirt. And I don't think I am uh, speaking out of turn by saying we did not break the city collective budget to get this prop for this morning because th this goes over miles and miles all around us. This is dirt. And if this is, if this is the substance that we come from and if the substance of something speaks to its significance, I can take a little bit of an issue with Genesis chapter 2. I'll put it right there. Because dirt has, doesn't have a, a positive connotation in our society. We, we include dirt in, along the lines of, oh, you got a dirty mind. Or, or you're cheap as dirt. But here's the thing. This is who I know God to be. God, he makes streets of gold. <laughs> He, he pours his very best into every, in everything he does. And for some reason, we get dirt. That's kind of messed up, isn't it? It's kind of interesting. But when I reflected upon this passage, I began to see the revelation encapsulated in the creation process. Because hear me out, since the beginning of time, God has been teaching us something about his character and about how he works. Because we should give thanks that we have a God who is holy, but we have a God who's also willing to get a little dirty with us. That we serve a God who is magnificent, but he's also willing to work in the mundane and the ordinary. And, and that person in this place that, that thinks that they're not at their best, that they're, they're struggling that they feel a little bit dirty with all that's going on around them, know that you are exactly where God is going to touch your life right now. He's going to be with you, going to reveal the purpose and plans that he has for you because in a world where people say, get that dirty thing away from me, God says, no, bring me that dirt. Because out of all the substances that God used, dirt is the only environment in which a seed can grow. You can't grow a seed in gold. And you know what, that gets me so excited because it, it, it's the dirt that I got reveals how good of a gardener God is. And he's put a seed on the inside of you, and it's a gift. It's your gift. It's the spark that he's looking to bring out and shift the world around you to move forward the kingdom of God. It's a seed that's placed in your dirt. And this is why the Bible says that this treasure in earthen vessels, that, that is Christ in us. That is the hope of glory because of the deposit that God has put on the inside of our dirt. Now back to 1 Timothy. The Apostle Paul is writing to his spiritual son, Timothy, and is challenging him to be a good steward of the gifts that God has placed on the inside of him. But you can't really appreciate how powerful this statement is until you realize the context, because Paul is writing from the letter, uh, writing, writing this letter from a, from a jail cell. He's on death row. He's waiting to be executed. And Paul, in the last moments of his life, what does he communicate to Timothy? He says, stir up the gift that is in you. And that is so important to see because from the consciousness of death, we will often clarify what is really important in life. Because you would want everything that you do to to last in those moments, to carry weight, to have significance. And Paul decides to tell Timothy, stir up that gift. Why would Paul do that? Well, I bet you that Timothy was pretty aware of 
for the things that he was good at. He had authority, he had ownership, he had responsibility, he had notoriety in his community. I bet you that he was aware of what he was good at. But it's not enough to simply be aware of what is in you. It's not simply enough to acknowledge what is in you. We are caught in a culture right now where acknowledgement is, is enough, where awareness is enough. But we're not called to simply be aware or to acknowledge. We're called to take it another step. We're called into action. If I acknowledge where I struggle and I leave it there, I'm not giving myself the opportunity for God to really start to work. If I don't take action, if I don't have a conversation, if I don't involve people around me who are going to speak life and health and, and community to, to start to be a place of healing. Acknowledgement is one thing. Action is another. And I think Paul is calling out in Timothy right now, you know what you got. You know that there's a seed inside of you. It's a wonderful thing to know that God has placed something inside of you. Now what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do with that seed? Are you going to start to stir it up a little? I want you to stir up the gift that is inside of you. We need to be a people of action, a people that get stirred, of, stirred up. I, I love what, what one writer says. He says, the tragedy of life is not death, but what we let die inside of us while we're still alive. Because I think there's a lot of us as followers of Jesus today, especially in this season that we find ourselves in, that we believe almost as if there, there's been a call and a promise that God has given on our lives. And in many ways, we think to ourselves that that is past. And we've got our, our, our face kind of pressed up against the screen of life, looking out, hoping and believing that, that maybe something will happen, maybe tears streaming down our face because we're wondering, God, why not me? When is it going to be my time? This is what you said. This is what you promised. I prayed the prayers. I committed the time. When is it going to be my opportunity? And then it becomes discouraging to the point of disappointment, disappointment into the place of depressing and depressing to the point that we're not willing to move to any point of action. We just say it's there and that's good enough. But hear me this morning. There is a gift on the inside of every single one of us. That we've got dirt in our lives. You and I are made up of, of this dirt. And you know what? We've got to stir past this dirt. Let's see if I can hold this. Yeah. <laughs> we've we got to stir past this dirt. And you know the things we've got to stir past? We've got to stir past insecurities. We got to stir past fear. We got to stir past failure. We got to stir past the things that are holding us back. Family struggles. We got to stir past it. And we got to keep stirring and stirring. Spend time in the Spirit. Spend time with Jesus. And every time we're with Him, it gets stirred. It gets stirred. It gets stirred. And pretty soon, what we're going to discover is within the dirt that is there, when we've stirred past it, we're going to discover this gift that God has placed on the inside of us. This powerful gift. And I got a candle right here. I don't know if I should light it indoors. I'm going to not light it right now. But it's like this gift that once it's discovered, we just got to light it with the Spirit of God that's within us. That when the Spirit comes upon that gift, this becomes more than just a, a cube of wax. It becomes a source of light. It becomes an ability to give warmth. It becomes so much more because the Spirit interacts with the gift, but we got to stir past the, the dirt. Do you hear me, church? That, the, that Paul is saying to Timothy, you got it. Now stir up the gift. 
and see what happens when the gift comes in contact with his spirit. And you know what I love about this illustration? It's very simply this. That none of you knew that the gift was there except me. And you know why? Because I'm the one that put it there. See, that's why I get excited about what God is doing in your life. That there might be naysayers and haters and people who are discouraging around you, but they don't know the gift that is in you because they didn't put it there. But we have a God that loves us, that has a plan for us, that is wanting to see the gift that is within you stirred up because he put it there. A God that was raised from the dead so that you could have life and life to the fullest. The Bible is all about so much more than just what we see in the moment. We are so grateful for what God has done already in your story, but there is more taking place. Because you can, you can bet anything. Timothy was doing great things, and yet Paul was calling him, calling him to something new. Stir up that gift. Acknowledge it. Be aware of it. But now we're invited to act on it. And it doesn't mean doesn't mean running around, calling down fire from heaven, calling out prophecies and yelling out in tongues. It means to stir up your life means to begin an apprenticeship with the master craftsman, to be with God, to make rhythms and spaces in your lives where we come to discover who God is and in turn we're, we're going to discover who we are and we're going to discover what is on the inside of us because when we're in his presence, we discover who he is and what God has placed within us. So what's your gift this morning? I think there's lots of different questions, but, but know this. Sometimes we can glorify stage gifts, speaking into a microphone, playing an instrument, but there is powerful gifts within each of you because building the kingdom of God is not exclusive to being in front of a camera or on a platform. Maybe your personality is this gift that has been placed on inside of you. You have this attractive force, this passion inside of you that people want to be around you and get to know you. Maybe it's your smile. Maybe it's the way that you walk into the room and you light it up with everything that's around you. Maybe it's your ability to problem solve and ask questions. Maybe it's so much more than simply this what's seen on the platform, but it's something that God has placed on the inside of you that is vital to the building of the kingdom of God so he doesn't want it to lie dormant. He wants it to be stirred up. I want you to say stirred up at home. There can be so much that you can discover when you begin to stir it up. Asking yourself questions like, what, what, what do you like to do? Would you do that for free? What, what is something that comes easy to you but is maybe more difficult for others? I, I like to call it the Dory effect. You know Dory as in the fish, like in Finding Nemo. But uh, you, you take a you take Dory out of the water, and Dory is doing the Harlem shake on the sidewalk. And you're like, well, that doesn't feel right. That doesn't look right. It feels out of place. But you put Dory back in the water, and you see the brilliance of it because it's in the right environment. It was created to flow in a beautiful and a wonderful way. What is maybe some of the easy things that you do that become more difficult to others? Do you know the environment that you were created to flow in? And maybe... You, you need to be asking, what do other people see in you? 
I think one of the great deficiencies of the spirit period of isolation is that we have not heard voices around us speaking life. We have not heard voices communicating the things that we sometimes need to hear in season. And I grieve that. I, I, feel, I feel a pain over that. And for you washing from home right now, I, I, I might not know you. I might not have had a conversation with you in the past year. I don't know all the details that are going on in your life. But hear me. I know a God that believes that you are capable of more than you could ever imagine. Not because of anything you've done or experienced or accomplished up to this point, but because of who God is. So maybe you just need to hear this morning in order to get the courage to discover the gift that's in you. In, the, in order to get the courage to stir it up, maybe you need to hear your love. Maybe you need to hear you are called. Maybe you need to hear that you are chosen. Maybe you need to hear that you are invited. Invited to participate in the building of the kingdom of God in this world. The resurrection was for you and for me, but it was also for everybody. It was for the kingdom to be brought to this world. And we need to begin our apprenticeship with Jesus if we're going to be able to start to stir up the gifts that are within us. City Collective, I believe this is a season coming up for us where we have an opportunity to lean in in a way that's different than it has been. I don't want to just simply return to the church that we were. I, I think that we've experienced wonderful things, but I believe that there's more in front of us. I believe that there's a call that God is placing upon us as a church community and us as individuals to be apprentices of the master craftsman, to spend time with him, to discover the gifts that he's placed inside of us, to let the spark of the spirit light something fresh and anew within us and discover what that is going to do to our city, to our friends, to our families. There's a powerful movement of the spirit that is going to be done within each and every single one of us when we start to lean in in this way so stir up that gift as, as I start to wrap things up there there are there are three entities that are vying for your gift um, God the enemy and other people God put it in there. The enemy knows it's there. And other people, they want to sometimes take advantage of it. But you know what? More than anything, this is the opportunity for you not to present simply your gift to people. So often, we are guilty of once we find our gift, this is the only thing we show to people. We live that social media, Instagram life where we just show the very best of our story. And this is all we're willing to show. But here's the thing. When I'm holding my dirt and I'm holding my gift, there's, there's not a lot I can do to stir it up. There's not a lot I can do to move past it. I'm so busy juggling to make sure that I'm showing off the right things in my life that I can't even deal with the dirt that I'm holding on to. And there's so much that we're carrying right now. It might be shame. It might be guilt. It might be a sense of just loneliness and isolation. It might be a sense of apathy and just so past the point of wanting to do anything else. There's so much that we're carrying and that we can't even get the opportunity to stir past it because we're the ones holding on to our gift. But the gifts that have been given to us, the seeds that have been placed within, within us are best placed in the hands of God because when we place them in the hands of God, suddenly I can start stirring again and I'll start discovering again more that is within me and as I discover all that is I can place more 
more in God's hand, and there's no better place to place the gift that is within you than in the hands of God. A hockey stick in my hands is not going to do a heck of a lot. A hockey stick in the hands of Sidney Crosby is going to score a thousand points. Uh, a paintbrush in my hands is going to look like a kindergartner. A paintbrush in the hands of Leonardo da Vinci is going to do something incredible and amazing. If, uh, if I'm going to put something in, in my hands, it's going to do a bare minimum, but my gift in my hands is nothing compared to the gift placed in the hands of God. We got dirt. And my invitation to you this morning is God is not wanting to work with the fake, false, gift-only representation that we put of ourselves. God wants to work with the dirt. He wants to stir up the dirt. And he wants to provide that spark to the gift that's going to be the light in the world that we so desperately need. So if you're watching this morning and, and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, if you don't know this, uh, this God that we're talking about, over, over 2,000 years ago, on a cross, Jesus died and won the victory over death. And then he rose again three days later, defeating death, providing a newness of life, and there's an invitation that if we just place our hope and trust, if we turn away from our, our, our way of doing things, and turn towards him, commit our lives to Jesus, that we will find life and life to the fullest. If you want to talk to someone about this, one of the best ways that we can do that here online is if you just email us at pray at citycollective.com. And even if you post in the comments or if you message us at City Collective on Facebook, I, I know our team would love to reach out to you and continue this conversation about how Jesus can be at the center of your life, how he can start stir up that gift, how he can start moving in your story. There's a powerful opportunity that we are being presented as a church community. And this morning, City Collective, if you feel like, yeah, I, I celebrated Easter. I know that he's risen. I know that he's good. Well, know this as well, that there's a gift on the inside of you, but it needs to be stirred up. And that's going to take some courage. It's going to take some boldness. And it's going to take some uh, honest, genuine vulnerability and intimacy with God. we got to be with him. And we got to shift our rhythms and our habits so that when we're stirring it, we're going to discover that he is with us and he is for us. We're going to believe this together, church. I hope this has been a blessing to you. I hope this has challenged you. Uh, we're we're going to close in a word of prayer, and then we're going to continue on with our Sunday. So, Father, thank you so much that you are a God who is holy, and yet you're willing to get dirty. All the dirt that we have, our fears, our failures, our, our, our shame and our guilt, our struggles and our apathy, all the things that we're, we're doing to cover up our gift that the season feels like dirt in of itself. Thank you that you are a God who wants to help us stir it. I just pray that there is a, a, a divine motivation. I believe that right now you're going to start to speak into people's hearts and provide a spirit to start that stirring that to start that stirring to discover the gift. And don't let us just hold on to that gift, but to have it with open hands for you to light that spark and to hold it for us so that we can stir again, we can work again. Thank you that our acknowledgement and our awareness is great, but our action draws us into your heart, that we can discover who you are and then start to live from that confidence. I believe right now that across our, our city, across our co community right now, Jesus, that you're going to start to speak to people's hearts 
where they're at within their homes, that the presence of God is moving within their midst and that there is an opportunity for us to know you so much more intimately in this next season. And I believe that this is going to be a, a move of God for us at City Collective. So thank you that you have made all things good. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So for us here at City Collective, uh, I want you to make sure you show some love to our, our tech team that was making things happen. We're filming live here from, from Horizon to the team at Horizon that were uh, making it possible for us to do this. I want you to show them some love in the comments. If this is your first time here at City Collective and you're just wanting to know more about us, email me directly. I would love to chat with you. Jason at citycollective.com. Uh, there is no online hub today after service, so catch a, take a breath. Um, go ahead and go for a walk. Enjoy the sunshine. We live in a beautiful place, and I want to make sure that you get to take a chance to enjoy it. Uh, we're going to be right back here next Sunday, 1030. We're looking forward to continuing this conversation about stirring it up, about seeing the spirit and what that means for us as a church community. But uh, let me close our morning with a benediction. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May God stir a new gift within you and the Spirit light a spark that is the light in the world that we so desperately need. Love God, love people, be the church, City Collective. You're amazing. We love you so much. Have a great rest of your Sunday. Take care. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope it challenged, encouraged, and inspired you in your walk with our Lord Jesus Christ. To keep up with City Collective, make sure to check us out on Instagram and Facebook at City Collective Church. Have a great week.